All right, what's up everybody? So we are here today with a violin player and teacher here in town, uh, Eric Hassel, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, of course. So I met you, uh, I think, at Arbucci School. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we were working with kids for all district orchestra auditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of those uh, teachers, you know, hire random people out there to come, you know, coach, coach up their kids yep. for... Uh, like quartet stuff, mm -hmm. sectionals, the and and then this one was for the Allstate. Mm -hmm. uh, what what do you think about a lot of kids doing the uh, doing Allstate auditions? You, you probably did that when you were in school. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's part of the experience. Like, I feel like mm -hmm. if you take lessons, like mm -hmm. that's something you should work toward mm -hmm. at least district orchestra, and yeah. then. Uh, if you've done well in that audition, then go on to state. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just part of the, the learning process and the right. opportunities that you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking advantage of them. Like getting into state's no joke. Yeah, I, I was mean, on the Missouri yeah. side and we had right. all the St. Louis kids. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. be, uh, And most yeah. of the orchestra was St. Louis, so. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, funny. So, yeah. Yeah, so in Missouri, I mean, it was all St. Louis, right? And then like maybe five or something throughout <laughs> the rest of the state. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then it kind of like Overland Park takes over all state on the Kansas side. Right. Mm -hmm. so. There's quite a few kids from Wichita. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll have, I'm sure. And a few Lawrence kids. Yeah, and maybe Emporia. I mean, there's, there'll be, I'm sure, at least 10 or more. <laughs> I, I, would think, I would think at least 10 or 20 are not from Kansas City uh -huh. out of the 80 or whatever. But yeah. but yeah, I've always found that, I've always found that tough with, with, so you have these kids that are not, they're, they're, let's just be honest. I mean, they're, they're not being Phil, New York Phil. You right. know, I mean, they're, they're not going to do it. I, I've been playing. Uh, since, I've judged these auditions. Sure. Before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, I mean, I've played since I was three and there's no uh -huh. way I'm making even Kansas city symphony, you know, I uh -huh. mean, those guys are really, really good. And yeah. then there's all these teachers that want them to, or kind of slash, you know, you're going to practice these, you know, kind of making them do the audition music. Like what, what do you think about that, about, about kids who maybe don't really even want to audition for the district music and, and teachers who kind of make them do this audition? You know, what do you think about that? Uh, so I'm going to relate this to myself, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, my thing is I try to make my students do it at least one year mm -hmm. so that they get the experience. And then if they don't want to do it after that, I, I give them the choice. I'm like, if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. But I want you to experience it. Mm -hmm. And uh, for some of the kids, it is kind of stressful. Maybe they aren't as talented, whatever the case, or mm -hmm. they just don't have the self-esteem. Self -esteem. But the teachers who force them to do it, like, I understand they want the student to learn and everything. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that just adds, it kind of adds a negative uh, aspect mm -hmm. to the teaching. And the kids may not like that. They may, uh, I, I just feel like it'll bring down their spirits kind of, you know? Yeah. So then like, I, wow. I mean, I haven't experienced this personally because I don't force my kids to do things mm -hmm. uh, typically, but um, I feel like there might be that extra tension, like that student kind of has in the back of their head, they're thinking like, oh, this teacher's making me do this. I really don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. thing. And, and so that's where, because um, for instance, this semester I actually had a student, he was a freshman and he's been playing since he was like four. Mm -hmm. um, I went to school with his sister, mm -hmm. um, and he's just much younger than her. And uh, he didn't want to do solo and ensemble. I was like, what? <laughs> like to me, like all you what? do in private lessons is like learn solos. It's like, what's the big deal? And I was like, how about this? Do it this year, and then I won't make you do it if you don't want to in the future. He's like, okay, cool. He ended up getting a one at state. Mm -hmm. Like he could right. play. Yeah. And so it was, I don't know. But, yeah, right. <laughs> but then now I'm just like, okay, now you've experienced it. Now I'm not going to make you do it. And he was like, okay, cool. 
Like right. he, he was kind of he was like, okay, it wasn't that bad, but I did it, and now I don't have to if I don't want to. So yeah, because um, because like and so why and so the next question is why do you think the kids would view that as a negative? You you said negative. Like, um. Well, the teachers forcing them to do something that they don't want to, and they've mm-hmm. clearly expressed that they don't. Right. And uh, they they're kids mm-hmm. so kids if, if they have kind of a um they get kind of not throw a fit mm-hmm. but kind of that thing where they're mm-hmm. just like <laughs> he's so a jerk it, right. because of that one thing right <laughs> well they so they're the the teacher forcing them is the one thing but why do you think the kids don't want to do it I don't. Like it could the, be like um, excerpt stuff where I, you're, you know. When I was in school, I wanted to to do everything. Yeah. So um, personally, I don't. But I, I don't understand it. But um, things that I kind of have gotten out of students is they don't want to be competitive or they don't want to compare themselves to others. So for instance, that would be the all district all state thing. Right. So I have a student, and they do an on the Missouri side of Kansas City, they do an all-district orchestra for the middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. So 7th and 8th graders get to perform. I think in uh, Kansas it's just a um, recommended by the teacher type yeah. thing. Um, and I asked one of my students, I was like, hey, you're going into 8th grade, there's all-district orchestra, would you be interested in doing that? He said, no. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> I, I was just really surprised because it was mm-hmm. very sudden. He didn't even think about it. And uh, I asked him, I was like, well, why is that? He's like, well, I don't want to be competitive with it. I was like, well, but can mm. you be competitive with yourself? Like, can you have a personal goal with it rather than mm. comparing yourself to the other kids? Yeah. And he didn't even think of that. Yeah. Because that was my thing. I was like, oh, I want to do this. I wasn't like, oh, I want to beat my friend so-and-so. Right. It was me. I wanted to, oh, I got second violin this year. I want to try to be a first violin next year. Right. And then my senior year, I remember my goal was to get into the top four or eight. Um, right. They chair, like, the first few people sure. of each stand. And it was just, like, I had goals like that. So this student hadn't thought of that. So I think mm-hmm. um, the competitiveness can be a negative thing for some kids or why they might not want to do it. And then solo and ensemble, I have no idea. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. me, it's just like, um, I try to convince my students, I'm like, this is an opportunity for you to play for somebody else and that you can mm-hmm. get feedback from them rather than just me who yells at you every week about the same things. And mm-hmm. for me, it's also that I get the reinforcement from another yes. teacher. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, huh. Like, I get, I get that voice out. I'm like, huh, yeah. that, they, they said this. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Hmm. And I, I kind of get, I, I kind of become uh, I've said that smarter for, about it. I've said that for the last 17 lessons to you. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Rhythm, 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 yeah, rhythm, rhythm, so, rhythm. Or like something about the bow or their posture. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder, and I agree with all of what you just said. I wonder that the thing that was funny to me and really what made me kind of start straying away from classical is the actual layout of the actual excerpts is that there are these, I mean, auditioning for Wichita Symphony, I mean, we did this Shostakovich that was two lines, you know, I mean, and it's like, what is this? You know, I mean, it's obviously, we know it's a section of a symphony, yada, 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 but like the kids, like, you know, the, the excerpts are, they're lame, you know. I mean, they're yeah. they're not a song, right? And so that that would be my argument of why this is so unprofessional. I got to turn on this light. There we go. I would wonder why if that's one of the reasons why the kids don't like to do the excerpts is because it's not. It's like it's not playing. a song, you know. It's I, it's it's not a song. I, it's, you know? I, I, I didn't even think of that. I mean, like that. That's one of the reasons why I was kind of over after after doing the Wichita State 
auditions, you know, I mean, Don Juan and Mozart something mm -hmm. and Beethoven's Fifth and like, <laughs> you know, and I have fun playing them because I understand what it is and stuff, but uh -huh. that, you know, I was, so I wonder if that, so, so with that idea, I'm always curious how hard and what, like, the way the teacher comes at the student and kind of what, what kind of music they decide to give them, uh, attitude wise, how the teacher like comes at the student, um, how much technique do you, you know, do you give them, you know, like what, like, because I look at these excerpts kind of on the technique side, mm -hmm. you know, of, of this, the, the purpose to me, the purpose of doing the excerpts is to like play something that's ridiculously hard, mm -hmm. you know, and, what, so what, like for something like that of, of teaching, of giving them these excerpts that even as, even as a private teacher, like what, what do you, for you, what is the purpose of giving them something like that? Uh, I don't assign it myself. Right. Uh, so for instance, uh, well with the all district and all state stuff, I, I do talk about technique that might be involved, mm -hmm. but I've never assigned an excerpt to a student without having an audition to follow it. Okay. Right. So, right, right, well, the right. way you were asking the question, I was wondering if, like, if you're saying if I gave an excerpt for a right. technique, yeah, yeah. like that's um, out of context of an audition or something. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, I guess. I guess what uh, I, what I'm trying to get at in my head is like why a teacher would do that, not you necessarily. But the the thing that I the only thing that I could come up with is that obviously there's this audition here, but mm -hmm. after that, what's the point? You know, there is a, to me, cause I so, was, I was on this major traje trajectory, right? I mean, three mm -hmm. years old and I go through orchestra and I'm like, okay, looking forward. Now I've got college. I'm probably going to go into this as a career. Like mm -hmm. for me, the excerpts was a no brainer. I need to do this. It's practicing fifth, sixth position. It's like, mm -hmm. there's all this technique that I'm going to, that this is going to be really good for me to learn. But there was an end goal at the end, right? right? Teaching, playing professional. I mean, there and so that's where I'm confused when we have a kid that is not going to go on that trajectory. Probably, uh -huh. why would a lot of teachers keep drilling that kind of a thing? Do, do you understand? Uh, I guess, what I'm I trying? guess just yeah. repetition. Like they're just used to. If you're in high school, this is what you do throughout the year. Mm -hmm. So like you have the district excerpts and then you sure. have state right, right behind that. And then you start preparing for solo and ensemble. And if you have, if you're interested in youth symphony, you have youth symphony auditions after that. And, right. Uh, so is the question, why would a teacher give out random excerpts or force them to learn the district and state excerpts? Well, despite I, I, the I'm students? looking, I'm talking about like a more of a, so even forget the excerpts thing. I'm talking about more of a bigger question of, of like, when we're in a lesson, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm sort of judging what, what's the purpose long-term. That's my, that's my, that's what I, cause I, cause I'm going of back to it. Or of, 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 of teaching them this really, really high end classical music that, cause I, cause I, cause again with my, I'm into like jazz and rock and there, right. there's, there's a whole nother part of music instead of just drilling these, you know, this. Shostakovich excerpt, you know, there's, there's like a that that you could give so, them. So, are, are you asking music. about basic excerpts that you would typically find in a professional orchestra or, audition? So, like Don Juan, yeah, or, or do you mean just the state and district stuff that well, high schoolers learn? I'm not even worried about the even excerpts. That's an example of like a really high end classical music, right? Like, you know, that that's more of the question I'm asking is is where I'm kind of rolling around in my head is that 
is that when this kid's like, God, I hate these excerpts. Mm -hmm. I hate this. I, I would actually even rather do a high-end classical piece that I can like get done and feel like I've actually learned a piece, you know. And so I'm I'm thinking more on the motivation side for the student is where my head's been at for like eight years. Is that is as a teacher, if I had the choice to give this kid these excerpts, first of all, that they're never ever going to play again, and but they're learning all this technique, they're learning how to work hard for this really, really difficult project. Or I could give them a bunch of really fun, like Irish music or something that they're gonna like better. I don't know what to do as a T, you know, cause, cause okay. like, do you okay. understand what I'm saying? Like, I think now I understand what you're saying. Excerpts is just one example, or even, yes. even okay. a really hard So you're pilot. saying, how do you decide mm. what to use to teach certain things? Sort of, yeah, and, okay. and like, and um, because for me, like again for myself, I have this choice of keep this kid really interested in right. music and make it really fun, but still give them something that's not Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, mm -hmm. or give them this excerpt that they absolutely hate, and also that they're never going to play again for the rest of their life. Yeah, you okay. Know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I don't give out little excerpts mm -hmm. um, to learn things. So, uh, I mean, I kind of have the same books that I use with all the students. Mm -hmm. So, honestly, I probably get more bored than other kids because I'll have, like, five kids playing out of the same things um, because I use the same books. But I use, like, for instance, my first etude book is typically Wolfheart in some way, shape, or mm -hmm. form. Um, either it's the early Wolfheart stuff, and then I use, uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with like all the opuses, but Opus 45 has two mm -hmm. books. The first book is all first position, the second book is uh, up to like extended third, so like they'll use extensions in third position or something. Yeah. Um, and then I'll go on to Mazas and yeah. uh, Kreutzer mm -hmm. and on down the line. Uh, Kreutzer, gross. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I have a viola student, and I've never played that on viola, and I'm just like, this is terrible. <laughs> just because, like, viola is huge, and I'm like, I'm, like, I'm a violinist. Mm -hmm. I will teach viola, but I will never play this stuff on the viola. <laughs> okay, but anyways, yeah. um, so I use all these same books, and within those, I know which techniques I can, I can teach where. Um, my big techniques are, like, some things with bowing. So first of all, I always want them to make sure I can the student can grip the string, mm -hmm. and because that's important for sound production. Yeah. And so I'll have something where I'll teach them some kind of martelet or a slow bow exercise. So for instance, the first etude in Mazas, um, it's super slow, mm -hmm. and it's it's whole notes. And I'm like, you're gonna play this counting the eighth note. Yeah. Right. So that they have to play each whole note as eight beats. And, but they also have to get a crescendo and a decrescendo in there. So they're doing this, and this works on like their pronation of their hand so that they add pressure as they go toward right. the tip of the bow, all this stuff. So I use that. And then uh, for certain techniques, so like if there's a lot of string crossings mm -hmm. or something, there's m multiple etudes to practice the circular motion so that you're – and it's like, well, okay, you have string crossings. Think of the double stop and then do this. So like I'll teach them those little concepts. Right. But – and the thing is with those, they're so redundant. The etudes, because it's an etude, it's meant to be boring, so you learn a technique. I'll tell them, you only need to practice the first couple lines. Mm. And they, the students seem so relieved when I tell right. them that. And if they need to keep working on it, then I use the next couple lines. Yeah. So like I'll, I'll do it that way, so they're not just practicing the first two lines. So you're basically a cheater. So I'm just kidding. Yeah, you could say that. You could say that. Uh, me, I, I, I have a student right now. It kills me. Like, it's like laughing. Like, I'm just like, oh my God, you're crazy. He's super into violin. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's going to be a ninth grader in Lee Summit. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell him, oh, you only need to work on this page. He'll work on two other pages mm -hmm. on top of that. I'm just like, who are you? Yeah. Like, and Free, it's crazy. And I'm just like, oh my God. But, um, he, I'll, I'll tell him to do something and like, he'll practice it wrong 
or yeah. like he'll, he'll practice it wrong over the time. Yeah. And I'm just like, Oh, I wish he didn't practice that. So those things come up. Um, but so, so say, so say that again. So that, so let's, so I, I didn't ask that question very well earlier. So, so what, I, what I'm trying to get at is get more, a more handle on motivating my students, right? That that's really what, what question I'm rolling into my head. And that's kind of the, the art of it, you know? And one thing that I've been struggling with is how much fun and how much technique is always the, the balancing act okay. because you can give them, you, I mean, you can just drill Kreitzer all day or drill oh, yeah. these excerpts all day or drill this high end, you know, technique, 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 I, I, technique you know? I don't like, know if I motivate too much, but I try to not, have the, it be a discouraging thing for the student, and that's where I only assign like two lines. Okay. Because if they have like a whole page of something that's really challenging, that's gonna make them not want to practice it because yeah. it, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that's one way it helps. And honestly, I just kind of force them to do it. And if they can't get it, they have to keep doing it for me. And they're just gonna, it's I'm just gonna torture them during their lesson basically. Mm. And I'm not mean about it, right. but I'm gonna make them. That's gonna be the majority of their lesson if they're not focusing on it. Mm. And I'm like. If you want your lesson to be different, you're gonna practice this, yeah. and and they eventually they start practicing it because they're like, okay, I'm sick of doing this. Right. Um, and and but uh, I guess I try to keep those less fun things at a minimum, mm -hmm. and maybe that helps because usually the kids really like the solos. I always play through a solo or something before, and I'm like, how mm -hmm. do you think that sounds? They're like, oh, that sounds fun. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay, great. And if they yeah. say, eh, I'll be like, okay, we're not going to learn that. Because if it doesn't sound interesting to the student, they're not going to want to practice it. Yeah, okay. So, um, in, but, but I'm only usually willing to do that, like, past Suzuki Book 3. Yeah. Like, I make them play basically every song from uh, right. 2 and 3 for sure. But, like, Book 1, depending on how old they are. Yeah. Um, if they're in middle school, I'll usually start them at A2 so that they're just, we're working on low 2 and high 2. But if they're in high school, I, I'll usually start them a little later. Sure. But, um, yeah. but I usually make them work on pretty much everything. And then I'll use some Barbara Barber stuff. Uh, I have a student right now who I'm worried she's going to quit soon. But she um, she can't take orchestra and choir because of all of her other classes. Yeah. And so I'm trying to figure out. But I gave her some, a Mozart sonata, mm -hmm. the E minor. And, yeah. it's, and I played it for her. And she's like, I want to learn that. I was like, yeah. awesome. Yeah. We're learning it then. Uh, we did the Dvorak Sonatina in G, uh, the mm -hmm. first movement. And she really liked that. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to like, I have to think out, out of the box. Right. But I, so, I try to find these pieces that they think sound nice so that, that they want to practice it and learn it. Yeah, because you said that, okay, so you gave them this two lines thing out of an etude. Mm -hmm. and, then you, and then when they don't do it, you said, so I basically just torture them, you know, for the whole lesson. See, I, I consider that to be... I, I know what, and I know what I you mean, think. where you're not screaming at them, you're not being mean, yeah. but you're, you're setting the law down. You yeah. know what I mean? That, that we're, we're going to uh -huh. do this. You're, you're not getting out of it. We're going to do it. And, yes. and so that's where, that's where I'm at a, a, an impasse with, I don't know what to it, do. It's the, risky. Right. It's and that's risky what I'm because you might get that student who just wants to quit. Right. And, and you might lose them. Um, and, but Usually they're good <laughs> if, if they really want to be there. And it, it's just that thing where I'm like, this is how it's going to go if you keep, I'm not going to let you just mm -hmm. brush this off and right. then hope I forget about it or something. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. And like, cause I, I know that, I mean, for me, I, I basically, I, I use improv a lot in mine mm -hmm. instead of etudes basically. So, so, so for instance, when you're doing like, 
um, spiccato or you're learning some, some new skill, I'll do an improv with them or do some call and answer with them instead of give them an etude of whatever new technique thing they're doing, low twos or spiccato or dynamics or, you know, that, that's the way I do it. And because I think improv is more fun than, than <laughs> etudes because etudes suck. Yeah. And uh, so that, that's what I tend to do. So basically I give like zero etudes uh -huh. like ever, <laughs> you know, I, I just never do them and maybe I should, you know, I, I need to go find a better book. It but also depends on the student. Yeah. Like if you feel like the student's able to create something mm. with improv, why not yeah. use that? Right. Whereas if someone's kind of slacking or they're not putting much effort into the improv, then maybe they, they're the one that you need to be like, okay, you're going to play these things. Because right. I know I would have been difficult to work with improv because mm -hmm. I'm such a literal person. Like yeah. I'm really bad at creating, like mm -hmm. just thinking of stuff on, off the top of my head, unless I have something to go by, like a chord chart or something. Right. Um, but having that etude, I was like, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to play. Now my teacher added this aspect to it, so like spiccato or something. Right. Um, yeah. So I would say, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it just depends on the student, of course. Yeah, yeah. And if they're, if they're able to make and something so, so like, so, so take, take me through a lesson, a general random lesson that you would do. Like, like, okay. do you guys do warm ups? Do you guys like, like, like a half hour lesson with like a seventh grader or something. What, okay. what would you do? Um, so with my seventh graders, usually this is the time that they're supposed to be starting shift. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it also depends on the students. Sometimes I teach certain students because they're behind in school, but mm -hmm. then I have the other kids who are ahead and they're really yeah. interested in things. So, um, I think the majority though would be the kids who are more ahead. So I'll go off yeah. that. So, um, if they're in, if they're working on shifting, I have them do introduction to the positions book, um, by mm -hmm. Whistler. Uh, and we'll, we'll have, depending on how long the, um, etude is, like they have some that are only like one or two lines, depending on where they are in the book. And then they have others that are like half a page to a page. Right. Um, we'll go over whatever I assign in there. So the majority of those kids are learning three to four lines each lesson okay. of, of these third or fifth position exercises. Okay. Um, so we'll go over that. If there's intonation issues, we, I always talk about this finger spacing. Uh, I'll be like, okay, who's squishy? That's the term I use for half step. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's usually the most important thing is that the kids right. need to know who's squishy because yeah. if they're not sure, they just kind of set their finger down and it's just a non-existent note. <laughs> I was like, okay, if we're on the piano and you have C and C sharp, you're playing something in between that doesn't mm -hmm. exist. Right. Yeah. You need to know where it goes. Mm -hmm. And so we'll talk about spacing. Um, and honestly, I'll spend 10 to 15 minutes, and if they do really well on it, then we'll go over the next part. So I always try to kind of have them read through a little bit, at least the mm -hmm. first half right. or something of the next part so that they know we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not just sending them, okay, practice that and be on your way. Right. Okay. And then the other part, um, so with only 30 minutes, I'll usually only do the that, and I'll count that as scales because right. the each each page will have the scale there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'll have their uh, repertoire of some sort. Whatever piece um, they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. so yeah. whatever solo piece they're doing. And, yeah. um, I'll have them play through. I'll say, they'll be like, well, how fast should I play? I'm like, whatever you practiced. Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell you something and you practice it another way because then that's road to disaster. Right, right. Um, for a lot of students. Anyway. Yeah. And so we'll work on that. And if we haven't completed the piece yet, I'll add in another chunk depending on how well I did. Or if they um, we're still kind of struggling through that, I'll just I'll be like, okay, let's work on that. Again, you know why, because <laughs> we will have addressed it throughout. Like usually it's a finger, like they're not very familiar with it. And I'm like, okay, if you're not very familiar, let's keep 
what it is. Right. Um, or else it's just going to be, they're going to be like, oh gosh, I'm not even able to play this. Then I also have to learn this. Like, mm-hmm. that's too much for most of these kids these days. Right. Especially with all the other stuff. So, so you, you give them, you give them some technique. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like oh, I tried it with the 30 I mean, minute lesson. Yeah. There are very few students I have who are not in some sort of space, um, two separate books. Yeah. Yeah. One book being repertoire and then the other being either technique or scales or something. And I usually focus on scales because to me that's more important. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to do shifting stuff with scales too, so I can figure things out. So in regards to that, my other question is, so posture is another absolute, Mm -hmm. for for anybody who hasn't seen violin, it is ridiculous. You know, it's something you just can't even, it's, and this is is where I'm at, is is again (laughs) back to the kind of motivation question is that, Mm -hmm. you know, how much do I drill the stupid technique and this posture, and then how much do I get on to an actual song so that they actually want to be in this lesson right now? Yeah, you know, it's, it's always the, it's, the, the teetering act because they can't play. If they don't do all this stuff, like mm-hmm. violin is not going to happen. It's not, you know, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they've got to learn, you know, what, where their fingers go and maybe a little bit of technique. But what usually happens with me is that I see... You know, any of us that are older and that have been, you know, teaching a while and playing, you know, 20, 30 years, Mm -hmm. we can look at them and see six things in five seconds, right? I mean, you can see, that's not the problem at all with teaching, at least with me. You know, I mean, the judging contest is the same thing. I mean, I I see six things, well, what do I say? You know, which which one do I pick? Uh Because what happens with me is that, like, my brain is so, like is so far beyond what they're doing. You know, it's like, I can see the six things in one second. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if I, if what I tell them, if what I tell them that's going on in my head is that I'm going to drop six things to fix right now. And I, you, you just can't do that. You mm-hmm. can't drop six on them. So then you've got to sit here and go, okay, which was the worst one or which was the, you know, if you have pitch, uh, left hand wrist, Okay, pinky on your bow hand, and then you've got rhythm, and then you've got up oh, your tone, and you know, oh, elbow. wrong with the student. <laughs> yeah, and so, so which one do you pick? How long do you hit them on it? You know, like uh, the next lesson, do you come back to the same one? Do you, I mean, this is kind of the art of teaching I'm talking about right now, I guess, you know. Yeah, but... um, I, I find this a very difficult thing as well. Mm. Uh, for me, uh, I'm actually really bad about, I'm, um, I'm really bad about adjusting certain things. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm actually really bad about fixing kids' bow hands. Mm-hmm. Like, I know there's something wrong with it, but I'm like, okay, they're making an okay sound right now. I'm worried about where their fingers are going. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, I almost always focus really hard on the left hand yeah. and I neglect the right hand and some teachers are able to balance it and I haven't mm-hmm. learned that yet. Yeah. Um, uh, but I know that the best thing to do is always focus on one thing at a time mm-hmm. until it's yeah. fixed. Because if you give them those six, I mean, obviously you're not giving all six at once. Right. You can say something about all of them, but the one you want to fix, they're not. They're going to think about all six, and it's just going to fall. They're going to fall over. That's, <laughs> that's like, overwhelming. I mean, you're overwhelming. Yeah, it's really overwhelming yeah. if you're saying this, 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 and they're having to think about all of them. And whereas some of my students, I just want their elbow away from their side. Yes. <laughs> so right. I take my bow. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. <laughs> and, I, and as soon as they see my bow coming, they go. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's how funny. do you yeah. fix this situation? Right. And uh, so, I mean. So that's your one, that's your thing, your, your one thing that 
you know, might be a, a tendency, you know, is, is the, and we see this all it's the time. A, they're, they're, they're dropped down. They're not, yeah. And I'll, I'll take my instrument and I'll even put stand up. Cause sometimes it's because they're trying to look at their music in a certain mm-hmm. way. And to do that, they have to, yeah, they're doing especially, this, right? especially some of these it. kids I've been teaching since they were in middle school, they're now taller than I am. And some of them are on wire stands. Yeah. Uh, oh no, you don't, I, I thought, no, you don't have one. Yeah. Um, and those only go like, they're barely tall enough for me and I'm not a very tall person. Um, and, and you know, uh-huh. And so, like, sometimes I'll joke around and I'll put it up on a table, if, if they have a table in the area or whatever. Um, and now because, they're here. <laughs> well, and then, and then I'm like, now we need to lower it. Right, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, there we go. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's a big orchestra problem, right? I mean, we, yeah. we have the stand here, and then, you know, about 30 minutes in, we're, you know, we've hunched over, and now this is accident. Even if it's away, now it's on the, you know, <laughs> I make them stand. You know, every, every Oh, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, my students all stand in their yeah. lessons. Yeah. Uh, so, like, so that that's kind of where, because my, my big thing is, is how do I motivate them? And I've come up with mm-hmm. this, like, these, like, nine different things that you could, you know, different things. And one of them is deciding repertoire-wise what to give them. And then mm-hmm. the second thing is kind of the how, how long do I hit them with the technique. And so would you, what, what I've started to do is kind of make not even make a, a goal and I should make a goal, but I, in my head I've gone, okay, in the last two lessons, we've been hitting wrists down. So I'm like, I'm going to do that for another five weeks. You know, I'm going to yeah. like force, I'm going to force this wrist down. I yep. don't care what they say, you know, <laughs> as nice as I can, but, but I'm going to kind of keep, <laughs> keep right. I'm, <laughs> right. I'm going to keep hitting it like for a month That's or perfect. two months and keep them I'm not wrist down, you know, and and kind of let their bow grip just be crap. And, and yeah. is is that what you kind of tried to do too? Is, yeah. yeah. But and but the nice thing is their bow hold usually doesn't get worse. Mm-hmm. It just kind of stays right. however right. crappy it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's the nice thing about it is like, well, that's just staying the way it was, and um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So and so that that was one of them that. I've just still, as a, even a young teacher, I need to get a, a grasp on that is how hard to do the technique because, um, because if I, I just drill them hard, I mean, no, 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 no kid quits over like one lesson or one moment. It's, it's a multiple of moments, multiple mm-hmm. four pieces in a row that they absolutely hate. And they're like, dude, this sucks. You know, like he, five weeks in a row, he's drawing this only technique and yeah. You know, uh, I have had students go, "Oh God, there's another minuet in the fir- in the first Suzuki book." Yeah, I- I've had that. They're like minuet three. This sucks. Yeah, but dude, it's Bach. Yeah, at least it's Bach. Go, but then most of them hear it and they're like, "Oh, I like that piece." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so like, so with so. So again, so so with the with this idea of this technique, so you you so you said that you might kind of sit there if if it's a etude and if it's a certain student, you might kind of kind of go rogue on them and just make them. You know, I mean, like like you said, you might sit there and and kind of say, "No, I'm in charge here. We're do we're gonna do this etude." I can see in your face that you're trying to get out of it. <laughs> you're trying to. You're okay. trying to manipulate, you know, you're trying to, you know, give me excuses or whatever. And you're just going to be like, no, we're doing this. And I have a problem with going there. I have a, you know, of going, of being, being that kind of a teacher where you're just going to, and 
I, I keep calling it like the muscle, right? Yeah. Like, a, like a gangster where they're just going to come in, no, you're going to do this or you're dead, you know? Yeah. Like, and there's some teachers that can go drill sergeant on them. And I use this, uh, this analogy a lot with uh, Steve Cruz, who taught at UMKC as a high schooler, went into UMKC taking lessons in high school. And he just went, dude, if you're not going to practice, you're, you're gone. I've got 12 other viola players lined up out the door right. ready to take your spot. So if you don't do it, you're chopped. And that's when it comes back to because I don't have 47 students. That's a whole other angle to this is now I can sort of, if you, if you got 47 students, you can adjust your, you know, you can adjust right. your attitude on them because if four drop, I mean, you still got like 42 right. students <laughs> or something, you know, like is... Is that part of this process too? Because you just, you need the money. So you got to like, just put up with their crap. I mean, is it like, you know what I mean? I, like I all do, this, yeah. Okay, so um, I'm fortunate enough I've gotten to the point where I don't care if I drop a student because mm. I'm in the 30s. Yeah. Like, I have plenty yeah. of students. Um, but I mean, I don't have like a wait list or anything. It's not like right. kids are waiting to, to have study with me. Like, right. I'm just fortunate. Like the teachers have uh, been like, oh, you should contact somebody on this list right. and luckily I sub in, in Lee Summit so the kids are like oh Mr. Hassel I know who he is from mm -hmm. substitute teaching um, so I have kind of relaxed with some students I'll almost take away the technique stuff because I just know they're not practicing I'm like okay I'm just gonna take your money basically mm -hmm. and I mean that sounds horrible sounds horrible it's what but it is. basically I just kind of get nice mm -hmm. and I'm like okay that was okay I'm still kind of on I'm honest mm -hmm. I'll be like, well, that was not very good, mm -hmm. but you can do this to make it better. Type, mm -hmm. You know, um, like the students in like Suzuki book two, I just started making her do scales to fill time now. Yeah. yeah. And like, I was like, you're not going to practice this. I know that your dad sits right there and he obviously doesn't care that mm -hmm. you don't practice because we talk about it in the lesson and she's honest about it. Right. And uh, so I was like, well. I'm just going to make you play things then. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, that's what the lessons have turned into. She's just playing whatever I tell her to play. She doesn't whine about anything. She, it's great. Um, so I, I take away... This Yes. Right? This is that's not a literally what anymore. it becomes it's, is yeah. I'm practicing with her. Yeah. So for instance, she's doing a piece out of Suzuki Book 2. I'm like, okay, we have this extended four. It's the Gavat by Lili. Mm -hmm. and, uh, okay, and then we'll work on the rhythm of the same section that she keeps messing up. Bum, 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 ba, da, da, da. Everyone plays the rhythm wrong until someone yells at them about it, and um, and so of course we end up just practice. We just end up practicing, and so like it's pleasant, but I I feel like they're basically wasting their money. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna work with her, yeah. just because. Right. So, so you so you're adjust you're obviously adjusting to each student. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I very yeah. much so. In, in that case, some yeah. students I push them to do things because I know they can, mm -hmm. but this one, eh, I, I can't really read if she's motivated enough mm -hmm. or enough, or, or if she just likes the idea of having extra violin time. I, I don't know. Right. And so I have adjusted. Yeah. That's literally what I've done. Right. And I, I've started being better about that. I used to be kind of mean to these kids. I'd be like, well, if you're not practicing, this is frustrating for me because you're not getting anywhere. Right. And I've learned to suppress that. Yeah. <laughs> I think because I've run it, I'm like, oh, this actually happens with a lot of kids. It's not mm -hmm. just a few. And I'm like, Ugh, I have to adjust to it or else I'm not going to have any students. Right. <laughs> so, so. so another idea that I had, again, with this, you know, this idea of motivation is I'll, I'll have all these kids that I know, they're not going to be... New York, Phil, yeah. 
And so I tried to like, like I was discussing this other student before we started and I was thinking like one of his, uh, his, his, his mom was like, like he responds to you. You have no, like she was explaining to me that like, you have no idea how big, how big a deal this is as a parent for me right now. Cause he doesn't respond to anybody mm -hmm. and he's responding to you. And, and so that was one of many moments that made me think of this idea of like, you know, again, what the hell are we doing here? You know, like if they're, if they're not going to, you know, do this as a, as a living or they're just going to kind of quit after high school. So what is the purpose? And, and the only things I've been able to come up with is all the non-musical benefits of music, mm -hmm. right? The, the learning, the teamwork, the learning hard work, the not make excuses, the, you know, and, uh, maybe even the, the time management, so, you know, yeah. and, and usually when it, my problem is I love psychology so much that I know that every single time something happens in lesson, I can hundred percent trace that back to something non-musical, right? Right. When they don't, when they don't practicing, that's a parent student time management thing, right? If, mm -hmm. if you, if they're making excuses with this, I, you know, I bet a million dollars that make excuses for homework too. You know, yep. it's, it's, it's excuses problem. It's not a music mm -hmm. problem, you know? So, right. So that's when I get these kids that, and that's really my argument against the excerpts, but is that, is, is the excerpts really the point or is it we're using this lesson to get this kid to maybe trust somebody? Cause that was pro that was maybe one of his problems is mm -hmm. he just doesn't trust the world. And he came in here and gave me the death look, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when he kind of got to know me three or four times, he kind of started opening up and trusting me a little bit. And that was the point of the lesson is for him to trust somebody. You yes. know, it had nothing to do with music. It had to do with him opening up to an adult figure or whatever. And mm -hmm. like, so that would be my argument against why I think the excerpts are dumb to do mm -hmm. it in that way. But Mulvannon on, on our last little show, he was like, no, no, no. That's what you're doing with the hard work. You're setting a very, hard goal in front of them and it is non-musical the excerpts are non-musical is that you're setting this hard this hard goal in front of them and that's they're achieved they're pushing themselves towards a hard goal mm -hmm. like it's a good answer you know i mean that's that's a good i mean so what what do you what do you do with a lot of the times when you want to sit down and have the come to jesus meeting with them like how do you usually handle stuff like that I haven't had to do that in a while. Mm -hmm. I used to have to do it all the time. <laughs> but I, I also have kept the same group of students for a while. Yeah. I, I've had some students for three or four years now, and I've only wow. lived here for just over four years. Wow, wow. And so I'm like, I'm like okay, so those kids, um, I mean, I'm not having to, but uh, so I haven't had to in a while. Mm -hmm. I can't even tell you the last time I did. I think, honestly, I may have just quit doing it because I could just tell the student didn't really care enough. Mm -hmm. And so I, I didn't have, I was just like, okay, well, you know, if you practice this, that you would get it just fine, but then they don't practice. Mm -hmm. So like, it sounds like we're having a come to Jesus moment, but nothing comes out of it. Cause I had it with the same girl that I was mentioning who didn't practice mm -hmm. and her dad's there and knows that she doesn't practice each week. Like I literally say, oh, how much did you practice? I didn't practice. I'm like, all right. That's usually what happens. Cause I'm just like, yeah, I mean... thank you for your honesty. <laughs> um, 
So, 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 so does the come to Jesus meeting work is kind of what with, you're saying. With kids who have shame. <laughs> That's so that my orchestra director in college talked about it. He's like, you know what drives me nuts about you kids these days? You have no shame. And I was like, I do. Because <laughs> I'm embarrassed if I can't play my music. And his point was, um, in those rehearsals, some kids were playing so badly that he couldn't do anything. He, the only yeah. thing he could do is tell us to practice, basically, and then like just have people stumble through the music, and like some of us could play it fine, mm. and um, and the kids who are actually kind of embarrassed when you call them out about it, they're the ones who usually come around. But yeah. the ones who don't show that shame, like they, they don't just don't care. care. They, yeah. Like they're the ones who just don't. They literally don't care. That's them, and I'm like, okay, you don't mm. care, then fine. Yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that's the other question that that I've thought of a lot is that. let's say something is the like a stage fright situation because stage Mm -hmm. fright has absolutely nothing to do with the music again it has to do with you worried about other people's judgment you know and so like when I'd have something like that or somebody's making excuses or somebody's you know not not working with their own parent to find a practice time or 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 rearranging their schedule or they're not in Five freaking activities, <laughs> you know. That's another one that's really like. Ugh. Oh yeah, you and I have talked about yeah, that. Sure, yeah. And oh so, yes. So when I have those moments, what I wanted to do, especially definitely a couple years ago, is is I was under the I was under the illusion that I actually have control over this situation right now. Is <laughs> first of all, and second of all, that that this come to Jesus meeting is going to be, you know somebody's going to look back in 40 years and go, oh, Mr. Foster took me aside and oh man, it, it helped, you know, it changed my life and all this crap, you know, like, and don't so, we wish. I know, don't we wish. And so I, I'm wondering if one of the questions that, that her down there has been asking me about is that maybe the question is the when also, and also the if, you know, that this big come to Jesus meeting is the when really important of when do you do the, you know, a, a day where they're being really receptive to you? Uh, is that going to go over better than the day when they're really pissed off? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. And also, do you even need to have the conversation? You know, is this a conversation that I want to really bad? You know, I want to have that conversation mm-hmm. with them, but is it going to help anyway? Right. So why do you know? Sometimes why it just takes it? up more of their lesson time. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, all you're going to do is sit there and practice with them. Mm-hmm. That's what ends up happening with those yeah. kids. And I usually start it with, I'm not here to practice. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, right. but, but I mean, it's just something, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm sometimes kind of a jerk about it, especially if I've kind of gotten fed up right. at some point. I'll hide my frustration with talking. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. Because those, those moments, they don't happen one, with one moment, right? I mean, this, this is a thing that's, that's habitual, right? I mean, this is a, right. a student oh, that's yeah. done the same it, thing over I'm the last not, three months after a, after a first lesson or something, I'm not going to give yeah. them a speech. Yeah. Okay? This has to do with either if things were going really well for a while and then right. sudden, something's suddenly happened. Or if, um, something that's happened with me is sometimes as kids like go through uh, adolescence, they, they get moody. And mm. I don't put up with that. <laughs> and usually they're good, but I've had some kids who, who like, it's like night and day, mm-hmm. how different, like, they'll be really pleasant up until they start getting moody, and then they get bitchy, right. and I'm just like, oh mm-hmm. no, oh no. I hate that when they get bitchy. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I usually go and get their parent at that point. Sure, yeah. I, I will get their parent, and then they start freaking out. Right. And they're like, oh, he's 
not messing mm-hmm. around. I'm like, no, I'm not, because right. you're being rude. Right, right. Like, I am not taking my time to come right. over here for you to give me this cold, like, or just like uh, right. this attitude where, like, if I ask you to do something, you just roll your eyes. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> talk, talk about parents for a second, because okay. what, what I've tried to do is I'll, because I'm going to their houses and their, That's their what mom I is right there, you know, not in the, in the room enough. with me, but for sure after the lesson, like, I go have, you know, almost a, not really a mini parent conference, but almost every lesson, because they're right there, you know, just oh, yeah. telling them how they're doing, yada, yada. Well, I wonder... the parent will ask, yeah, how did yeah, it go? Right. Or, and I tell them. Yeah, right. <laughs> not, yeah. Not meanly. I'll just be like, well, we had to have a chat about attitude. Right, right. right. Yeah. Do you look at it as, I, I've always said this, as this three-part team. You know, you've got parent, student, teacher. Teacher. You know, and yes. they, and I think a lot of parents look at it as a, no, this is a two-part team, you know, teacher, student. No. And then they, you know, go off and get on their email. And I don't blame them. They've been busy. Some right. people are totally busy all oh, day yeah. and they need yeah. that extra half an hour to, right. for their, to not go crazy during their day. <laughs> half but, an hour babysitter. Yeah. Teaching right. Is, is that what we are as babysitter? In some um, cases, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've run into that. Yeah. Thing. Very much. So, like, have you have you had any like major major issues with any parents or parents that were like ridiculously awesome that that were, um, honestly, more really awesome. Yeah. Like, I've had parents. Um, for instance, actually, this week, uh, one of my students, I've had him since he was in fourth grade. I've had him three years, mm-hmm. and uh, he's also kind of going through adolescence, so he's kind of getting moody. But he's a super talented kid. I put I push him. And I'm like, I'm making you do it this way. Because you can. Yeah. Other kids cannot do what you're doing. Yeah. And but um, sometimes he struggles with practicing. But the mom will actually take responsibility a lot of times. Yeah. The mom she'll be like, um, we didn't practice a lot this week. I'm I'll take responsibility for that. I didn't really push it a lot. It's right. summer. I, right. I I get it too. Right. And I was like, well, I don't want him to practice all the time. Right. Like just a few times. And this kid's um, talented enough that he can practice very little and get by yeah. really well. And he's just that fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but but I do have some of those parents, and then I have other parents who they do absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, they they're not like cold to me. Like they'll be like, okay, well, we'll have a chat. But I don't think they ever really have a chat with their kid. They just tell me they'll do that right. to make it think that they're putting effort toward it. Right. And I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. We'll see if anything changes. So have you have you ever had the. But you tell them, you know, so maybe, you know, if you guys want to, you know, you can, you know, kind of encourage him at home to practice and then you get that glazed over look from the parents. They're like, oh, like <laughs> you mean like me do crap? You mean like me do work? Dude, I, I've had that before. Well, I'll do it. That's in the middle of my come to Jesus meeting where we're all sitting there together. Right. And then, <laughs> you know, and they're, they're kind of like, you know, I have and, to do something. Um, <laughs> they're not even mad at me. They're just like, they're that, yeah, this guy thinks like, you're in the headlights. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have to do something. <laughs> going to Mizzou in Columbia, there was this really amazing Suzuki teacher. Mm-hmm. Or, or there is, sorry, yeah. she's still there. Um, and she actually makes the parents, so I don't know how she does this. Mm-hmm. They sign a contract, yeah. the parent has to be at every lesson. Mm-hmm. And the parent has to practice with the student. Yeah, that's what we had. This teacher, yeah, yeah, and this teacher's studio. I went to one of her recitals. I, I was like, oh my god! Every single kid had this in their bow hand. Usually, Mm. you're lucky to get this Mm. instead of this or whatever. And every single kid though, 
And I think it was just such a high expectation, but she had a huge studio right. for such a small town. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how she does that. Mm. I, but I also have never asked her. Right. <laughs> I just asked her, I was like, oh, your, your parents work with your students? She's like, yes, I require it. I was like, wow. <laughs> see, Because I've, I've only had maybe one or two students see, total in all the yes. students I've ever taught. See, that's, that that's the core of what I'm trying to get at. See, mm-hmm. that right there is what I call the muscle. Right. She goes, no, and you're going to do this, right? You're getting right. If you're going to, but, if but you're she's gonna one of the, for me, but she's one of those know? teachers who the parents want with uh, their kids I with know. because she has such a great uh, reputation and, and it's Columbia. It's such a small town. She's the only Suzuki, like the right. only That's serious Suzuki thing. teacher yeah, like that, because yeah. she has her master's in Suzuki pedagogy yeah. from Colorado, right? At Boulder. So, or, so that's that's what I'm getting at is that that. And that's obviously what I would eventually want to. I mean, she, her, our reputations are not even you know close to the same right, right now. She's older. She has a studio built up, mm-hmm. and because of her numbers, but also I wonder, and this is maybe something that I know that you and I talked about a couple of years ago, is the idea of you right when they set in there, I mean, before they even get to the lesson, you've set a certain expectation with your pricing, right? You've set a certain Uh expectation with this little sheet that you give them. My student, the student will be expected to da 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 da. And and then they sit there and sign it. And they, you know, you've set this expectation before they even start the lessons. And I think that's something that I probably need to start doing. What, what do you think about that? Like before the lesson, even lessons even start, you've set this idea of what this is going to be. Um, I think that is easy to implement later when you are more comfortable, mm. like as a teacher. And what I mean is like with your numbers, like, cause that can also drive away people. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, you uh, want us to do all this stuff. Yeah. Well, this isn't what we were bargaining right. for. So I guess it could be risky in that, that case. But I mean, you can pull it out and be like, well, you said that you would do this if right. you're going to remain in my studio right. or else you have to find another teacher. Oh, you and mean later so, when you uh, have more numbers. Not, right. not later in the students. Yeah, not yeah. later in the students, but later when you have numbers, yeah. because because it sounds like you're saying like that initially, right. when they're about to start studying with you, this is the expectation. Right. Um, and then I mean I have expectations from lesson to lesson. I'll be like, next time I expect you to be able to do this. Sure. Um, I, I'm doing a. I, I've been telling myself to do that a lot more, mm-hmm. so I can be like, this is what I expect from this. Write it down for them, and then oh yeah, hand yeah. It to, you know, you and have an actual goal. Have right? you ever had it, like the kids keep a notebook oh, and sure. they, all of them lose them? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I, Every I, one of my kids I, have lost them, and so I quit doing it. So I just oh, yeah. write all over their wow. music, and I hate it because I yeah. run out of space on something, right. or there's not enough space to write in the first place. I have. They don't look and at it. That's that what to me. I'm that smartass who goes up to the music and say, what did I write there? And yeah. they're like, huh? Like, they're totally oblivious to yeah, it. Yeah. And I'm like, what did I write? And, and they're like, I'm, and they're like, huh? Like, they're like, just... Totally, like you wrote something. And I'm I like, think, right I think, there. <laughs> I think they think it's for me. In, in general, they they think, and and it's and that there's a little bit of truth to that because I, I need to. I look. can see I why they could think. I that. don't know what I gave you last week. I have a lot of students. Yeah, oh, that's, I can't that's remember. part of why I write so, so much because right. um, I've gotten to the point like I used to be able to remember every single thing I was working on with every student until yeah. I got to like in the twenties. Right. And now I'm like, oh god, what are we doing? Or some kids progress. Right. Some of my kids have progressed really quickly. I can't keep track of what they're working on. I'll be like, mm-hmm. the last thing I'll remember, I'll be like. Oh, you're not working on that anymore. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> All you need is a little reminder, right? I mean, you right. barely, yeah. That's... And usually, as soon as they start playing whatever it is, I'll be like, "Oh, yeah, that's why." <laughs> right. That's funny. So. 
Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I mean, that this is, you know, this show is a little bit for to give other people advice, but it's also for me to kind of think out some stuff too. Cause like, yeah. I just don't know if, if I'm probably at this moment in, in general is with, you know, giving them, giving them this certain kind of repertoire. How much technique am I just, you know, drilling the crap out of them with uh, setting up concerts, uh, talking to the parents, you know, that all these things that will, could motivate them. You know, I, I'm trying to find a good way to do that. And I just wonder if, if I'm, cause it feels like I'm going too hard on them. Like it feels like that I'm doing these come to Jesus meetings, like every two lessons, you know, and I'm doing them probably too much, you know? And so that's when it, that's why it feels like I'm going too hard on them. But then I hear all these other teachers and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm like an easy, you know, yeah. I never do anything, you know? <laughs> But I'm, it's not because I couldn't and I'm not willing to, it's, or it's not that I don't know how to do it. It's like I'm purposely choosing not to. I'm right. purposely choosing not to just every single lesson drill them on three technique. Okay, you're pinky on this hand and oh, now curve your thumb. And I, I'm, I'm saying it sometimes, but I'm just purposefully not doing it because like, because again, I, I, want them to, I want them to like it. But, but I know that part of my motivation is like when I play a song really good. And that's my other thing with little kids is that everybody's been urging me with the really little kids is use more games and make a little, mm-hmm. you know, do your, I've heard this belt idea, like the karate belts, like black belt, okay. blue belt. And so you get to these different levels and then they get their new little blue belt and it's so fun. And like, I'm just like, you know, this is lame. You know, I, <laughs> to me, I'm like, dude, play the song great and you're going to feel great. But you've got to do that other stuff. But then for yeah, me, the, I'm not motivated like, by that. I'm motivated by, I want to get that C sharp perfectly in tune because that's what the song's supposed to sound like. Uh-huh. That's why I'm motivated. Yeah, but they're and, not, you know, so I'm like, yeah. Even, I mean, even in the public schools, it's all about games. Because I think that one of the schools I've subbed in has had this, like, belt system mm-hmm. for, like, and what it is, I think the band teacher uses it, and it had to do with like what techniques that student had accomplished. Right. Because they had done this many, they were a red belt. I don't know. Right, right, know. right. Whatever. And uh, and then if they had mastered all of them, they were a black belt. Right. Or whatever. And I think that's something that some kids like mm-hmm. because they have more of the of an understanding of their progress. Because mm-hmm. if they know like there are five levels, they're like, oh, I'm at level one. Oh, now I'm at level two, you know? Right, right. So, it, whereas, like, just being like, oh, that note's out of tune, that doesn't really, they'll just be like, oh, he's going to yell at me about that again. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, that, um, that like, usually the games are really helpful for the kids. Like, I try to, I have a five-year-old student who's one of my students' little sisters, mm-hmm. and the mom was like, oh, can you, she wants to try to learn violin or whatever. And I try to do as many um, silly things as possible. Right. And this is for really little kids. We're talking about the kindergarten through fourth. You know, I mean, yeah. when they get in high school, they don't give a crap about these. Oh yeah, I, I don't do that know. with middle school or high school right. kids. Yeah, um, and, so. and, and I don't have very many of those really young kids, but yeah. uh, I know it's something that helps motivate them. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I tried to do that. Like, I'll, one of the five year olds, she loves doing the Bohold song, the mm-hmm. uh, like rocket right. down like the rain, and she's like, "Can we do the Bohold song?" I'm like. Yeah, as soon as you do this. Mm-hmm. And so now it's been um, a motivator. So now that's a motivator. Yeah, yes. Because, yeah. um, I, I mean, it's just, sometimes it's hard just to get her to do anything uh, other than, like, get distracted. Right. <laughs> that's yeah, and, that, and that's another example, what you just said right there, that I've been refusing to do. The bold song. I'm like, just, 
you know, do the, I'm, I'm totally cool with doing the little exercises <laughs> and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, I mean, yeah, honestly, know, I didn't need it. this stupid little I didn't need any of that stuff when I was in fourth grade learning right. or whatever. Cause I started in public school program All right. and, uh, I didn't care about that. I wanted to learn the violin. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just remember not caring about the game. So I actually, right. that was, I think that was actually a bad thing though, because I didn't learn any games. Yeah. So yeah. like now I'm having to do research on figuring out games to play. Right. And, uh, in like, there are some neat, neat ones though. So like, mm. it's been a great learning experience for me. Right. Cause that is actually something I would love to be able to do is teach like little four year olds mm. how to play right. and like have these itty bitty kids <laughs> playing. Like, I just think it'd be a lot of fun. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, but you have to know so much in order to be able to attempt yeah. it. So like how to keep them, uh, focused, right. uh, have the, and with that, the games. Right. And so I'm trying, I'm trying to learn little games. And that's another non-musical thing too, is that I had a kid and I always joke about this is that, um, it is like, we, we can't even, we can't even do anything right now. I mean, he's like running around the room. He can't focus at all. This isn't a music problem. It's a focusing problem, you know? So, so does that need to be that? <laughs> Sorry. That, I think it's hilarious because it's happened to me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I, you know, I just wait. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that I loved about Suzuki is all of kids and you'll have this too, where they're, you know. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm like, oh, so this is why we do our stuff, you know, like, yep. you know, and, uh, and that's why with the five-year-old, I have a board that she stands yeah. on and she's obsessed with it. Yeah. Like she cannot play her violin if she's not on her board standing. Right. So that's the one thing I've, I was like, oh, this is a positive thing. Maybe, maybe I so. should, maybe I should make one of those and then bring it to every lesson. I know for Yeah. Us, we just took a box. Um, her mom orders everything from Amazon. So yeah. we cut off one of the yeah. um, flaps of the box yeah. and I let her draw on it. Right. I, I drew like the thing, like the feet, uh, things that needed to be clean, but I let her decorate it. She so loved So you do it. that as an exercise in, in a lesson. Yeah. One oh, of that the was, lessons. that was yeah. the lesson. The, yeah. Is was making her, her box. Was creating yeah. that box. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. And um, I, one of my students, I was telling you about him earlier, I made him do solo and ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started when he was four, and he remembers his very first lesson, He all he did was color. Right. Yeah, and so, that's funny. And I know I'm with that, too, because I, I mean, I started three years old, so that uh-huh. all that crap, I don't remember any of it. You know, yeah. I've never remembered not playing. You know, I, I, I didn't even know what a violin was until yeah, I was, yeah. like, ten. But, 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 but what you were talking about is, as a teacher, having to go back and look for that stuff. And, and yeah. that, that's definitely with me, because I don't remember I actually remember ask the student feeling. every once in a while, I'll be like, do you remember games or anything? He's yeah. like, yeah, we played a lot of games. Um, and he was in, like, a formal Suzuki studio mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, they had group class every week. And, yeah. Uh, and he memorized every song. He can still play every song through like book six or something. Yeah, wow, like, that's cool. Yeah, so <laughs> he's really good. We, we, I mean, we, we could sit here for forever. Right. We've already, we've already got an hour and 20, which is amazing. Oh, yeah, oh wow. I know, I can't believe that. Uh, so so last, last big question here. What, what's your opinion of like ear playing in general? We, playing by ear? Yeah, because we do a lot of sight reading, obviously, in orchestra yeah. and classical in general. What's what's your... Honestly, I'm terrible at it. Mm-hmm. Even with all the ear training and stuff we had to take in school, I'm mm-hmm. still terrible at it. I'll arrange music for weddings, and sometimes I'll have to listen to the YouTube, and I don't have perfect pitch, but I have... I have my relative pitch is okay. Mm-hmm. And usually I can tell if like a student's playing something out of tune and by the intervals, but like playing by ear, I'm I, I have very little opinions about it because I'm so bad at it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's great when, like, this the same student I've been talking about, he will listen to something that he really likes and he's like, hey, wow. yeah. and he just plays it. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah. 
yeah. and like I'm very jealous of these people um, who can do it so well right. and um, I think it's a great thing to be able to do mm. so like I, I I praise it for, for sure yeah yeah but unless it gets in the way of reading music right that's the one part I where know. like some of these kids like this kid student the first thing I had to do even though he could play like accolade concerto so he couldn't read a note yeah because he was so um, by rote and he had such a great ear, he didn't have to. Yeah, yeah. And so now I'm making him learn things on his own. Like he's one of the students I won't necessarily go over something in a lesson. I'll be like, you need to learn this. Yeah. And and he's actually gotten really a lot better with rhythm right. and uh, and understanding where the note is. He sometimes he needs like just a position reminder. He won't need a fingering or anything. He'll just be like, oh, it's that note. But then he knows by listening mm -hmm. what the what the pitch should be. Because he's really good about listening to all the... So um, he's really big into youth symphony. Like his big thing, he's obsessed with all of his youth symphony stuff he does. So he's been in academy for a few years now. And uh, whenever the excerpts come up, he always listens to the pieces. Not just like a recording of the excerpt. He good. listens to the whole piece. Good for him. And he actually really likes the pieces and yeah. stuff. So um, it's, it's really neat. Yeah, that's really cool. I know I'm I'm always back and forth with that because with Suzuki, I mean they they I didn't read till fourth grade, you know. I wow. mean I, I was you know, and I know you know tooting my own horn, but you know I was sitting there in like fifth grade and I'm like, Silent Night, oh please, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> just, you know, and then I'm like, oh no, I started on the wrong note and I'll start on yeah. a different note and then Silent Night again in B or instead of A and like. So that ear training, you know, ear playing is like breathing to me right now. You yeah. Know, I'm just really good at, but my sight reading is, you know, pretty, you know, it, I can do it, you know, obviously, right. but, but it's, it's something that you have to have if you're going to play an orchestra. It's just, you can't, mm -hmm. you just can't. Play and that was one thing with me you know? because I, I, um, me, because I'm so bad at playing by ear, mm -hmm. I always just read the music. And I remember even in fourth grade when I first started learning, I was reading them as notes, not like three or two. Two on D, three yes, on D. Yeah. I was actually reading G, F sharp. Yeah, wow, good. And good, well, good. no, and I think that's why, honestly, not to toot my own yeah. horn or whatever. I'm actually really good at sight reading. Yeah. And I think that's why because mm -hmm. I was exactly the opposite. Yeah. I was a very you had to tell me how to do it yeah. type kid. I couldn't just figure it out. And you weren't staring at numbers the whole right. time. Right. And um, yeah. I think that benefited me. But on top of that, my pianist in Columbia, um, she went to Juilliard and Yale. Like she, amazing pianist. She started Suzuki piano. She she said she's she's like admitted I'm actually not a very good sight reader. Yeah. I was like really, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we sight read a sonata, and she did fine. Right. Just like you like right. you do just fine playing, but like you kind of miss a few things, or you might yeah. like uh, flub a rhythm yeah. or some or something like that. But but she said one thing she can do, and maybe you're in the same boat. She can learn music really fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so. Um, and that was one thing. Whereas me, I, I kind of depend on my sight reading <laughs> for, for some gigs that right. I do or whatever. And sometimes it works, but other times it makes me uneasy because mm -hmm. I haven't really looked at the music. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll be a little nervous, you know? Right. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. You know, I know today we talked a lot about kind of motivation cause that, that's uh -huh. something that I'm really obsessed with right now because I, you know, it, all of our studios sometimes go kind of up and down with numbers, you know, I mean, you right. get up to 17 and then you're back down to 10 again. Yep. And then like, and some, some of it also, I need to probably on my, on my end kind of realize that this, this is a little bit what it is. You know, you, they either for myself, I mean, they either go about three weeks or, you know, like you said, like three years and mm -hmm. that's been consistent. You know, they're either, it's not necessarily with me or against me necessarily, but it's, you know, kept them for two three four years or they're done after three and they're just like this sucks you know right. and so 
I'm trying to figure out if what I might, what I don't have control over is how much advert, I have control over how much advertising I do, but if they're going to call me, they're going to, I can't make them do a lesson, you know? Right. So, so my philosophy so far is do my best of what I have control over to give the best lesson that I can as part of the, how to, how to, how to get more money myself. Cause mm -hmm. one, one student for a year, that's like eight to 1200 bucks, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like, and so I'm, I'm, I thought yeah. about how much some of the parents spend on us. I'm like, Oh yeah. God. Yeah. And, and it, it and what, that's what happens at least with me is that when I get a student that works, you know, that, that sort of cares and they sort of kind of practice and they listen to me, they, they go from like below mill to pack to second chair, like every time, mm -hmm. you know, within a year. I mean, it's, it's like clockwork. And so when I get the, but I'm wondering if, if I'm not really special in any way, it's just when any teacher gets a, a student that works yeah, really I, good, I, then I, they do that. I've realized so maybe mostly it's I me. think students, cause like if someone went and saw every single one of my students perform, they, they would see a huge range Right. and kids like, uh, um, actually for instance, I have students in where I went to high school in Raytown and I have these, they're both violas. They're both the same year. The te their orchestra teacher favorite favorites, one of them, mm. I don't know how to say that. Like her, her favorite is this one student. Like she's giving her an opportunity next year to play with the orchestra. Yeah. Um, this this little um, DeBerio Airbury, and uh, and she's made. She was like fifth chair all district, which really surprised me honestly. Like she was playing well, but I couldn't believe that she did that well at district. Yeah. And so she's been really successful this year. And she got like a one at state on her solo, whereas before she had never been to state. Mm. And this is her junior year. Mm. And then this other student who's the same year, she freaked out. And like every time she played in front of somebody else, mm -hmm. she was playing way better than this other student. Yeah. For instance, yeah. and but she freaked out in front of the teacher when she was playing and like um, for, forgot how to play sixteenth notes is what it was. And so the teacher actually texted me and was like, "Hey, I think you picked the wrong piece for the student." I'm like, "How out of thirty something kids do I pick one wrong piece for a kid who mm -hmm. they, they can't learn?" And it was Hoffmeister concerto. She was playing great in her lessons. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh the man, Viola this is gonna be Hoffmeister. awesome!" Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is going to be awesome. Totally freaked out. Played horribly. Right. I, she sight read it better than she played it at districts. Yeah. And I was like, this is why the teacher thinks you can't play this stuff. Because you're, she's freaking out. And I was like, because I was worried that she was going to think that I was terrible. Or whatever. It's like, but have you seen all these other students? <laughs> I, know. <laughs> like, I know. Like, you get, we usually have a pretty good judgment of what the sure. Because we're experienced enough. Um, and that was stage and, right. Hundred percent. Right. Oh, right. this was one hundred percent stage fright. Yeah. Even the duet, they were playing great in their lesson. Um, since they both study with me, I work with them on their duet as well. Uh -huh. right. And they were playing great. And then every time the student had sixteenth notes, totally freaked out, mm -hmm. and you couldn't even hear any of the notes. I was like, oh my god. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. Because in the studio recital, she's totally fine. Right. But then huh. suddenly, when it and I think it has this teacher. Uh, this is something I've been thinking about a lot because I really like working with the student because she's, I can't believe what she's gone through in the, the three years I've had her. Uh, um, like, uh, like she's gone through all the, she's in Kreutzer now. She's my only student yeah, I've ever uh, had in Kreutzer, yeah. at least as a high schooler. And I think the teacher at school is getting to her yeah. because she sees her four times a week. Mm -hmm. She only sees me once a week. Right. And I just feel like this teacher is just, 
ruining it for her. But she lo- the thing that I like is she still really likes viola. She's even talked about playing in like a community orchestra when she's out of school because she knows she knows what she wants to do in college. Like she, yeah. She's like, I want to go into biology. I was like, oh, cool. that's awesome. Like, uh, you could always play in a community. She's definitely good enough to play in a community orchestra. Sure. Or something. So, so you think it's her in front of this teacher and that's what the issue is, is how yes. the teacher's been treating the, her The teacher and also I think it's also... Um, other than, I don't know what it is about studio recitals being different, but um, maybe it is the teacher, but it's it was at solo and ensemble, and also district orchestra she got this way. Um, she freaked out in an audition, in the audition. I was, like, she should have been up in the, uh, just as far as this other girl. And so I, I, I can't teacher, figure it out. Yes, because, okay, so But teacher, I, I think that the teacher is definitely the reason with the solo stuff. Yeah, sure. Like the concerto stuff. Yeah. I wonder if... Because, like, in the actual audition, the teacher's not there. At right, the and that's what that's so, what's confusing about it for me. But I want, but that is a school thing, though. And yeah. this other thing is that your stuff is not. Right. And so she has and this And she expect- played the first page of Stonitz for It's that. the expectation. Like she played really well. It's got to be the expectation because the district right. orchestra, it's like more that this student is projected that I'm doing this for the teacher. Like, the teacher wants me to, or the teacher is going to think worse of me with and this, that's something I've worried know, about. I is, wonder. Yes. I wonder if that's that's and what's I have the no linkage there is is that it still it still has to do with that teacher. Yeah, and you know I found this out because the teacher uh, I asked my student about this, uh, and my student said the teacher told me this piece is too hard for me. That's what the teacher told her. Uh huh. And I was like, uh, I just I wanted to yell. Right. Because. <laughs> No. See, I've, and I, I just kept convincing her, right. trying to convince her, right. that no, this piece is not too hard for you. Right. In your head, you think it's hard, right. but you're playing it great. Right. Like, I was telling her, like, she was playing all the 16th note passages, all the broken thirds and stuff right. coming down. I was like, no, this is great. Like, I can hear every note. And then suddenly, this teacher said that, and in performance, in her lessons, she was still fine. But in performance, it turned to shit. Yeah. And yeah. I was just... Like... I mean, it just, it just really upset me that I've the teacher told, did that. I've told that to students before, but it was it was like, for example, I mean, it's like they're on Go Talent Roadie and they want to yeah. do Devil One Down to Georgia. Exactly. It's like, this oh, isn't yeah. happening. No, you know? I'm like, too hard. this is way too hard. But this is something she's been preparing for months. Yeah. Right. And then the teacher asks them to play in front of class. Yeah. In front of their peers, right. which is one of the most nerve-wracking things for high schoolers. Yeah. And that's when she's like, oh, I think this piece is too hard for you. Because under pressure, she screwed up. Yeah. And it was it was pretty rough. I had right. it was like a totally different person playing the piece yeah. for me because of how bad it was versus how well she played in her lesson. And that's that's another thing again with this this motivation that I always need to keep remembering is that when you're there's all of us have had this. We remember like a sentence the the teacher said like back yeah. in freaking exactly. fifth grade, and now we're fifty. You know exactly, and, like, and that's that's why and, I think that the, this teacher yeah. because the student has had her since sixth grade, mm. and she's now going into twelfth grade. Right. All these years, she's had the same teacher, and that teacher said that one thing, and mm-hmm. I just felt like it completely discouraged her. Yeah, and it pissed me off beyond. Yeah, and and I haven't taken that into consideration lately when I want to. When I first got into town, and like I said, I wanted to do these, you know, six come to Jesus meetings within the next eight lessons, you know, and, <laughs> and, and I realized that, like, that in, like, I'll always do the stuff of, 
I'll list out all the reasons why I know they can do this, but then I'll accidentally forget the sentence you can do that. You know, it's like if oh. I, to, to me, I'm motivated. <laughs> too, too much because, negative without no, that no, one it's positive. Even, it's even positive. Work? I'm get, to me, I'm giving them positive. Oh uh-huh. man, you know, I mean, all this, all this song has is this, and you've already done this before, and did it, you know, and I'll give them all this stuff, but then I won't tell them that I know you can do this line you know it's like the last line of it and so to me it sounds to me i feel like i'm being motivating but to them it's just a lecture yeah you know and so like and so like maybe that's what all the good i'm trying to do there what they've left this this lesson with is that i just got this big lecture and this was lame and a drag to be Mm -hmm. in this lesson right now even though i'm trying to be motivating so it's like it hurts yeah (laughs) Kids. I hate dirts. But uh, <laughs> anyway, well, cool, man. Um, well, definitely, uh, that's, you know, definitely, uh, I, uh, but uh, there you go. I don't know. What? <laughs> um, that's the show. It's been uh, Eric Castle and uh, Teacher in Town, and uh, we'll, we'll be back next time with uh, Keep Up the Good Work, obviously, and uh, we'll be back next time talking about... Uh, some other stuff with some other person talking about some talking about stuff on KC Music Talk. So uh, there you go. Thanks for coming, man. Come in. Yep. Thanks for having me. Yep. Have a great have a great night, everybody. Take it easy. Excellent job. That was good stuff, dude. This has been holy crap. Is it like nine hour, o'clock? No, uh, eight eight thirty. But oh wow. Half, you know. Eric, this is my mom, Diana. Hey. Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. We were talking about Suzuki a little oh, bit. Yeah. You know. Oh, yes. Suzuki rocks. He was, he was talking about this lady in, what was it, Columbia, that mm-hmm. made, made her students or made uh, the parents sign a thing. You know, you will. Mm-hmm. T- tell them what yep. you did. Uh, just oh. just three, me three years old and what, what the teacher. Yeah, had. well, no, I saw a show on Phil Donahue in like, late 70s early 80s he's born in 82 like right around the time he was born and i was like wow because i'm an educator i have a uh-huh. uh, undergraduate in elementary ed and a special special ed masters oh wow and so i was like oh my god i love this and we grew up with family bands so we had a big music background and i sang and all that so i knew i wanted to see if the kids were interested in music i wanted them to do that so anyway I looked up what it was about, and I mean, at that time, it wasn't as prevalent or known about in just the common folk, and so I found a um, ex-public school teacher that went and got her Suzuki training and started doing private lessons, so she got out of public school, so I contacted her, and um, so we started him at three, and then Mm -hmm. his brother on cello at four, I started on violin. <laughs> and Dan started on cello, and um, so oh, it was great. And Two, me and me and my brother. Oh, I thought you were saying. Uh, I thought you were continuing with like other. Okay. No, <laughs> Just no, no okay. that he started at four he, years old. Yeah. yeah his yeah. brother Rob's brother started yeah. on cello at four. Yeah. Started yeah. both of them, and um, so along the way, we would try to find um, maybe one teacher that could do both. Okay. And uh, 
in a in lot a of Jean Dexter, Dexter. Sure, yeah. yeah. I said from her fourth grade. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you switched over to Dexter because okay. she could do beginning violin and he was still, it wasn't a beginner. But, but you were saying that they get, you brought those tapes home, right? Yeah. You listened to the tapes. Right. tapes home and I did a lot of research on what the, and you know, I just loved it. So I did all the research on listening to the tapes and. Uh -huh. Um, all the activities and um, and then of course if you're a parent that likes music then you playing some and attending and sitting at the lessons I'm all about that yeah so then I could really help with practicing at home because I was there taking notes seeing what yeah. they're supposed to do and all that See, right. but, but you had a lesson you had a violin in the lesson Right, so you're yeah, literally the, playing in the lesson said, with them. Right? Oh, wow! Dude, I think this this lady just makes you like be a little hands on. Sure. During yeah. the lesson, yeah, the as real, opposed to just observing. The reading and the real stuff that I'd heard is is the best. Is if the parent has a full size violin and tries to you know learn along with them. So I did that for a while, but it doesn't wow. take long in Suzuki where the students every bit as good, if not more than you. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I loved the ear training part of it because even though I'm not a very good instrumentalist, I mean, I did some bass guitar and piano, but I had such a good ear because everybody up in the upline of our entire family has a really good ear. And even though I wasn't, I was a better singer than an instrumentalist by far. But I always found like I was in 4-H and we were going to the state fair and like I could chord and play some stuff and sing and help the girls because we were going to take a musical mm -hmm. deal, yeah, a mm -hmm. talent show or whatever. Mm -hmm. Every one of my friends are like, I don't have any music, I can't play anything. I'm mm -hmm. like, I can play something, I can play it well, but I can sing something and I can play like <laughs> I know C chord and you know whatever and so yeah. that made a big impression on me that Having the gift of someone teaching you to play by ear before you learn notes um, is such a gift because once you learn just to play sight reading, it's really hard to trust that you have the power to do that. And mm -hmm. so when I heard that, in addition to the whole how they do it, the whole methodology, I was like, as a teacher, this is so going to work because the parent sits in the lesson with them mm, and yeah. you're in charge of the lesson at home. Yeah. And it just does. I've had very few students whose parents have like taken notes. Yeah. But the ones who did, I, I had a five-year-old. He was one of my very first students ever. So like I was a terrible teacher because I, I I just oh, yeah. was like I was you I was like I'll get I'll get start. Suzuki book one. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. so I taught him how to play, how to play sixteenth notes so we could go pepperoni pizza right. but I was like one e and a two and like because I was a mess but the mom because she she was able right. to understand what I was telling oh, yeah. her uh was able to teach him and he ended up going through like the whole Suzuki well, book and not only did I read about it and go find the activities I was a teacher myself so right. I knew three-year-old is 10 minutes a day max yep. yeah yeah oh yeah seven days a week yes even if it's only if your lesson that day is finger snaps in the car finger pops in the car you're doing something or uh -huh. you're listening to the tape in the car and you're singing it and um just the whole thing did just... did you ever read nurtured with love or whatever the suzuki book yeah oh, okay because i know that one he uses uh learning a language he's yeah. like music is basically a language and right. he, uh did you ever read that book no Okay, well, it starts... <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't finished it. I bought the book, but I haven't yeah, read it. We're, we're I haven't read music. Well, it, it, starts, it's, it starts out with how Suzuki realized that 
how to teach a language. So like he would walk by this bird every day and he would say hello or something like that. And the bird, after so many attempts, set it back or something along those lines. And he was like, oh. And then he related to kids learning Japanese and um, all this stuff. But he was like, oh, but if these kids are like surrounded by this music, like every day, a little bit every day, they'll learn it like you learn a language. Because like kids absorb things so well. And the listening skills of listening to that a hundred times when you got to it, you knew it. And you're listening to the next song when you're on the first song. Yeah, so oh, you're listening to okay. Go Tell Aunt Rhody when you're on Twinkle. Uh-huh. And and just the being the teacher, you know, it's it all just made sense to me. And uh-huh. I knew kind of the what you should do for a kid that age and a three-year-old. Like, yeah, I mean, too much for me, that was also that. something I didn't know. Right, right. But then when I started this new five-year-old student, I just added 15 minutes to their lesson. Oh, yeah. That's all I did. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. was like, we'll work a little bit. Ba- basically, I mean... I, I call it like you have assistant teacher at home during, I mean, you can't be right. that, you know, you can't. Right. Not, yeah. And, and what, it, like what I was trying to get at in the interview is that what I would love to do is just go, no, you're doing this, right? You're right. going to go buy an instrument. You're going to go practice with them. You're going to be sitting here in lesson, not on your phone, you know, as the parent. And I'm just sitting here going like, I can't, I can't do that. You know, right now I don't, again, I, I think it's a muscle problem. I don't, I don't have enough, you know, enough status in Kansas City to be like, uh-huh. no, if you don't do this, I'm chopping you. And I already, I already got 200 grand in the bank. I already have 30 yeah. students. I already <laughs> have, you know, if, if you don't want to do this, then, then I, I'm not going to feel bad one, one uh-huh. iota, but I don't have enough, you know, kind yeah. of muscle to do that, to, to demand this of the students. And so really? that, but that idea is throughout my entire lesson. I mean, we talked for an hour and a half about all those little decisions of can't, should I for, you know, force them to do this because I know they should and I know they're going to benefit from it, but if I do this, then I'm risking them quitting at every single moment of the lesson, and, you know, <laughs> well, like so. I personally think there's more stories about adults that said, I took piano lessons, I quit, I wish she, they were talking about their mom and dad, yeah. made me stay. Oh, yeah. Well, the child usually makes it so horrifically awful yes. for the parents that they finally yes. give in after three oh, yeah. years. But how would you think it could ever be successful when most of those parents weren't a musician? They just want their kids maybe to be more rounded. Uh I'm going to have my boy actually do piano lessons in addition to his sports. But you drop them off at the music teacher's house. You pick them up and you say, go to the den and practice. You don't even know what practice means. Uh Like as a teacher, well, first of all, I was a musician, but as a teacher... I knew that if we sang twinkle, twinkle, and I'm showing him, that's a higher note. I know right. that the visuals to get for a three-year-old, you just make it a game. Yep. You just make it a game. Uh-huh. And you sing it with them, and you model, and you make it really fun. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to play this game. What three-year-old's not going to want to play a game? Exactly. And what child doesn't want undivided attention from their parent? Mm. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. So that's... You know, in my mind as a teacher, piano lessons would only work for about 10% of the kids who ever do piano lessons because the parent doesn't go in there. And, you know, granted, when they get older and they're supposed to practice for an hour, you don't have an hour. We're all working and whatever. But for a three-year-old, you should be playing with them anyway. So if you wanted them to do piano, which they don't necessarily suggest at three, but usually like more like six or seven just because of everything. Yeah, span and all that. But... 
is Suzuki has a hundred percent chance of being successful right. because of high parent involvement. Mm -hmm. The parent knows exactly what they're supposed to do because they sat in the lesson. Yep. yep. And they know now maybe they won't do it, why they're paying for lessons and then not ever promoting that. I don't know what their agenda is. But, but irrelevant of the ear training, even if you just keep all the parent stuff, dude, you can't beat that. Yeah. I mean that that's yeah. would be the ultimate, and right? So I mean the parents I have the parent I mean world because I grew yeah. up in a country band and I was really into pop because I was, you know, the carpenters and all the seventies stuff. But mm. you know, I knew exactly when I got there and realized what they mean by the, you know, first chairs and the, you know, what the whole orchestra thing was about mm -hmm. after doing Suzuki for 12 years and all that, I knew exactly why the ones in that circle were in that circle and why a lot of them were Asian and why about 90% mm -hmm. all did Suzuki. That's yeah. exactly why they were in there. And they had high drive, and they had some innate yeah. ability, and they had some genetics, of course, all that. And parental and support, you know. Parental like, support, yeah, yeah, yeah. and people that could afford lessons and kept up mm -hmm. with that. And now my kids never begged to not be in, you know. Plus, it's a pretty big self-esteem booster when you walk into fourth grade and you're playing Gavat from Mignon, and they're wondering what they're going <laughs> to do with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, you know, they're wondering, what is he going to do? We're renting instruments and learning the names of the strings. <laughs> you know, on the in the first, you know. Was that with Libby? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But that was a pretty big self-esteem booster that not only are you the best in the fifth and fourth and fifth grade orchestra or sixth, you know, you're, you're getting to do a lot of cool things and you're being asked to be in the primo stuff or in new symphony. Mm -hmm. tell, tell them what Libby told you. Oh my God. So we start in fourth and yeah. of course, um, I can only hunt and peck on the piano without just playing some stuff by ear and just chording. But, um, so I would a lot of times sing whatever that, and he played treble and I was soprano, so I could e re easily read treble clap. Mm -hmm. I'm not very good at ba bass clap because I'm just not. You don't have to read it. And I'm not fast, <laughs> yeah, at it. But, uh, so anyway, we go and she's like, we need to work on Sutterie. Oh. <laughs> and because his ear was so good. Yeah. And she's like, oh, the song. I start on a note. I'll get yeah. it. Oh, I started on the wrong note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, especially the simple things the fourth graders were playing compared to what he was playing at Suzuki books. And so she's like, okay, we got to work on this. This is how we're going to work on it. You're going to get an etude book, which I didn't know what mm -hmm. that was. But uh, went and got an etude book. She goes, they have no melodies. He has to read it. Don't you dare sing any of it to him because if you sing <laughs> one little line, <laughs> you'll hear it. And just play it. One second. Yeah. Yeah. Play it on the piano. You know, play the the easy notes and whatever. Then he's got it. So don't do that. And it wasn't very long. But I'll never forget getting you know both boys going to contest. Somebody doesn't show up, and at that point. They're like, come over here, Mary Lou mm -hmm. Jones. And she's like, listen, uh -huh, MJ. <laughs> listen to this. Oh, she wasn't South, wasn't she? Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. okay. She's like, listen to I this. I was there. I, was, I, I heard it. Listen to this. Don't say a word because we have like five minutes. Listen to this. And they go, and he joins the quartet and they get a one. <laughs> and I believe that was on viola. And you had just started on viola like three months earlier. I'm like, you're going to contest in a quartet on your viola 
You just started that. It was a it was a Mozart divertimento, his senior year. And oh, they, they didn't they, the viola player didn't show up. It was down in Emporia, and so yeah. she just said there was the rest of it. I could pretty much read. There yeah. These two or three lines that were that just were straight eight notes and. Yeah. And she's like, no, just sit here, <laughs> sit here and listen to this. So she just plays it like ten yeah. times in a row, and you're just like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. you know. And that's where that's where but your ear ear so training, like, starts destroying people. Lee you know, was absolutely right. He needed to work on the etude book and just uh -huh. get really fast at reading um, and not knowing what it was supposed to sound like. Uh -huh. um, but later. Uh, doing all the improv he does now Ooh. all around town at jams and this and that. Mm -hmm. Then it's quite the asset, yeah, to yeah. just be able to have heard, oh, I've heard that song, I've heard that jazz tune or jazz mm -hmm. standard, and Do I you know can the just... Deakers? Colleen and Carmen? I know Colleen, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Colleen has an older sister named Carmen. Oh, okay. And they're both sick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Colleen's way better, yeah. but Carmen's amazing as well. If they know a pop tune, oh, yeah. and they both have perfect pitch as well, oh, yeah. I, um, I don't know if you rely on that at all. Um, but they, if they know a pop tune, they can hear it in their head and play it. Yeah. I know. They I just know play it. Too. I know. I'm just and like, then he's what? Like, oh, you know, it's Christmas or whatever, and he's like 10 or something. We're doing Silent Night. Oh, you want it? And he doesn't even say you want it in a different key, but oh, that's too high? Okay, let's just move it. <laughs> and what was amazing, too, is by then, like in high school, you had to pretty well be started to be able to play violin viola pretty equally. Well, not in high school, but for sure in college. But... Um, moving back and forth and I didn't know what this really meant in my head as much as I do now but Mary Lou said you know they're both chin fiddles it's not a big deal but it is a big deal alto clef uh, treble clef uh, <laughs> moving your, your mind when I first started teaching between viola. those two and like in silver strings or in strolling strings you might be on your violin but then in a classical piece you're back so getting your brain to do back and forth it, it, it took it, me a little while it's to a adjust. little bit of a yeah next and then now about, i'm totally fine with it yeah she was like talking about right when he switched as a freshman she goes yeah it's a little bit of a you gotta push your brain to uh -huh. especially if you're going back and forth between right. those you know different things so well, yeah. you know what's hard for me to read now right. Bass clef yeah. playing a stringed instrument. Oh, if yeah. I'm playing the piano, I'm fine. Yeah, wow. yeah. But like, if I'm trying to like play a cello line on yeah. the viola, mm -hmm. yeah. nope. Because so, I keep reading it in alto clef. Yeah, I know. Like that's the thing that's tricky for me now. Yeah, but. exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I Suzuki, I can't even talk. Yeah, um, I actually, I really want to get my Suzuki training. I know, like, I really do, badly. I do too. I at yeah. least I want. Awesome I, I at least want to do um, because yeah. in Ottawa. Um, I've heard great things yeah, about some of the people that go in there. They're in the, the big one in the. They're the big one in the Midwest. Yeah, Ottawa's the huge one in the. Is it about six weeks in the summer? Or? Uh, not anymore. I think Alice Joy Lewis is really sick, um, or at least uh, not not able to keep up with it because. Ever. Yeah, because I mean she's so old now. Yeah. But I know her her son Brian comes up. A lot um, in the summers, like he would they he would run. Do it a something. lot in the summer because yeah. the teachers who taught school would come and do that. In the yes. summer. I think it'd be an asset for even people you know that didn't wasn't weren't looking for Suzuki, but then to be on that national directory. That's how. I don't even out. care about the directory. I care about the technique, the teaching techniques. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that's the part where I wish I had more yeah. variety. Yeah. Um, and one of the things they teach, they're like, you need to identify if they're a visual learner, an oral learner, or like, uh, I forget what the third one was that they described. And they say just by how the student looks at things, you can tell those things. So um, one of my friends, do you know Joanna Davis? 
Uh, she used to be yeah. at uh, Pleasant mm-hmm. Ridge. Right. Um, she's a good friend of mine, and she has, uh, like, through book one or book yeah. two training or something, uh, she would, She gave me all of her notes, and one of the first things it says, they're like, oh, if they're looking up at you, they're oral, I think, oh. and if they're looking down, they're visual. I forget, like, if you're, like, talking to them, mm-hmm. you can tell just by where they're looking. That's interesting. Well, like, uh, I, I forget what the different you know, things are. You probably remember some that, well, I don't know how far, how long did you do Suzuki before you moved to more of a traditional teacher, maybe through elementary? That was fourth, because we were done with Deke or... or yeah. Decker or whatever her name yeah. was at fourth, uh, and then ninth I started doing lessons again. But I had done orchestra, you know. Yeah. I was in orchestra all the way so through. So one of the things Rob said is because he started so young, he doesn't really. I can tell him more about what the yeah, three, four, five, six-year-olds do in Suzuki, but you know, three-year-olds not gonna remember how, what, right. you know, how the mm-hmm. whole. Thing work, but yeah. well, I, I don't even remember learning when I, I was know, in fourth right. grade. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I didn't I would, take lessons till high school. So I would say that the big, the big thing for me, a lot of I know, I'm scared of sight reading, but a lot of people are scared of ear. Well, the the baseline skill is call and answer. That's all it is. Is that you listen to something and then yeah. you play it. That that's the, that's the foundational fundamental thing of, of all of Suzuki is just listen, play, listen, play. Mm-hmm. And so like what I would say is like definitely I'm not a Suzuki teacher. I definitely use all the books, but and, but I'm just doing a lot of call and answer with them at the mm-hmm. beginning as, as our warm up instead of the shifting exercises or instead of the scales, I'm doing call and answer with them to get that ear training as a as a supplement, you know, to obviously I'm not doing certified you know, Suzuki training, but that's how I kind of do the best of both worlds is do a whole bunch of sight reading on their pieces, but then do a massive amount of almost every single time doing call and answer with them. Mm-hmm. And so they're still getting that and ear training, you know. you know, by six or seven in Suzuki, you're not playing as many games, but if you're talking about the three, four and five mm-hmm. year olds, you've got to play some games mm-hmm. because they, that's how they learn. If you go to a preschool class and a kindergarten class, you are doing all kinds of clapping and you know gimmicks and things to get them to kind of get what you're trying to even put down because mm-hmm. their language isn't developed yet and all that. That's what I could understand very well being a special ed teacher and an elementary teacher about the little kids. I don't, I don't talk little kids, but mm-hmm. it, they've got it figured out, I am telling you, on every level, on yeah. how to, to motivate kids from the renting the instrument, not getting it out right away. And then I really liked the Asian or, um, you know, that perspective of respect and bowing. Mm. You always yeah, see the yeah. Suzuki kids bow yeah. and be respectful. They don't walk out like they don't know what they're doing. They walk out with their instrument and they bow and they're like, I'm ready to play right now. Yeah. And I, I love the part where it was the group lesson and not just the individual lesson. I really like that too. I think mm-hmm. the group lesson was maybe once a month or something. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was every week. Yeah. But you are constantly talking about listening again. You are listening to the older, better players all the time. See, and then and you said something interesting with the not giving them the instrument too. Yeah, you know, right? The, oh, the kids sitting there and they're just absolutely brilliant. tortured, right? I mean, you have the instrument on the panel and they're 
they're sitting with only their little Cracker Jack box and you're like, you know, they're like, I want the instrument. And then that is, no, 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 no. And you're going to, you're going to put this Cracker Jack box in the, in the case, right? And close your, you're going to pretend this is your, and you will, you will treat this Cracker Jack box with respect until I give you, hand you this actual instrument. And it's that's, it's they brilliant. That and, so and that's, and that's again, another one of those examples of a time where I want to get on with it, but there's a method to this madness of just right. basically forcing the, uh, what you want the immediate gratification, uh -huh. right? The kid wants that instrument, but you're basically saying, no, you know, <laughs> I, you know, you're the adult here and I don't care how oh. bad you want this. You know, you, there's she a process. Out of the case, you put yeah. the cracker jacket in your case. Right. All sat up on the countertop and, and every week and I'm that, telling you, they wanted those. And, and so the teacher traded you the cracker back yes, for yeah. the yeah, with a wow. ruler, right? Cracker Jack. You, you take I have the no idea. You, you, I, I you glue the ruler. About this. It was like a craft activity. It didn't take long at yeah. all, but we made them. And so you glue the, the right. You glue the the ruler yeah. to the Cracker Jack yeah. box, and then you use wow. that as your instrument. And it's just doing that. I've always wondered what I can yeah. use for these younger kids right. to play yeah, games. Exactly. And you can do anything, any little thing. But but okay. the idea is is that you 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 know you put that you, up you here, can, yeah. and then you're down to you rest, still, yeah. and then you're doing this, right? You're doing your steps, and then mm -hmm. the thing, and like. But my again, what what I was trying to get out on the show is that I want to know from people if if I can just buck up and charge 50 a lesson and they'll come you know you build it they'll come you know or I, I have my rate make, to 30 a half hour right and and or the same thing with this this moment where do you do you just say no this is what the lessons are you're not getting the instrument yet we're going to keep doing our finger taps and the bow exercises and but you're not getting this instrument yet and and you just you just make the parent buy in you make the, the parent buy in that we're going to go on this process and the idea is that is is it the idea that the ones that go with me are going to be gangbusters when they get done and if they don't you know you know they just you know this isn't for you you know is that is or do you try to meet them halfway is kind of what i've tried to do you know is Suzuki, they don't go the halfway. You're going to do this. You've signed a contract. The parent yeah. will go at home. You will be in the lesson. But You're going to do the crack jack box. Suzuki You're going to. You such a um, reputation that you're also attracting a different kind of parent. And yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. Mm -hmm. uh, I just mean that they are pretty serious parents about music. Exposing their kids to music. If if they're going straight to a Suzuki studio. Yes, yes. And if you're going straight there as with your three year old, yeah. you're pretty serious about, <laughs> yeah. about wanting music and not um, but also there's really a, a I mean, we're talking about early childhood education pretty much. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, in preschool or whatever. So, you know, if you're trying to teach three to or even let's say four to seven year olds it's a different thing than if you have a high yeah. school degree. I mean, you just have to know you have boat parades. It seems stupid. It's mm. like boat um, parades. Boat parades. Yeah. What, what do you yeah. say? Yeah. Well, the right. Was yeah. that the Cracker Jacks with the uh, ruler? That's the facsimile mm -hmm. of a violin. Right. And a kindergarten pencil because it's a little bit bigger for their fingers. Oh and yeah. So, so you're doing the. And we're parading around. Everybody's doing their own parade. <laughs> and, that, and that seems really hokey. But to a third, three-year-old, that's no, great. That's not hokey at all. That's really fun. 
sitting there by the hour and just, you know, just getting your bow position, they don't, that's boring. You're going to get a boy to do that. See, these are the things I want to learn about. I know. <laughs> the bow parade? I like, know. I bet you my five-year-old would love that. I know, yeah. I'd be and, like, and I'd get her sister in on it, too. It's sort of a pizza thing. Which is your thing, your box thing you were yeah, talking about. You, oh, yeah. yeah. Trace around their feet in rest position and uh -huh. then play position, but all those are traced on there. Yes. So they know exactly what to do. Like, everybody yep. tell me rest position. That's guys. what we did. We yeah. put her feet on there. Listen, right. And... Uh, her little, her it, older sister. They actually got to do that it. with the marker. Right, and that's what you said. Yeah, you yeah. Have to just be, you know, yeah, in the that part I, I knew about, yeah. or like yeah. something to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about this, but the cracker jack box. Cracker jack box. Cracker jack box. Wow, that's really hard for me to say. Yeah. Um, that, uh, but that's also the. You have to be able to do everything correctly on this yes. before you get to play on the real thing. I wish and I knew about they that. And they got to open the Cracker Jacks box. There's a little toy in the Cracker Jacks box. I mean, it, maybe this particular teacher thought of that. I don't know. Yeah. That was her deal. Oh, was it like an actual box of Cracker Jacks yeah. or was it empty? And, no. It wasn't empty? It was, oh, oh so okay. Because they always have the prize in it or whatever. That's like the, the Cracker Jacks thing. when you earned your... Yeah. Oh, and I know okay. that was a few weeks. I don't remember how many weeks, but... It could be pretty uh, unique for each uh, child, who, uh -huh. you know, ones that might be ready in two weeks. And the, the other thing is that I, I think I'm realizing now in the last year, now that I've actually had a couple of really little kids, I hadn't had too many of the six-year-old kind mm -hmm. of students yet. It's always been like about fifth and up, but I right. definitely have tried to remember that when you have them the first day and they're that six-year-old, and then let's say four, six weeks from now, you're actually going to give them the actual instrument. Well, there's a lot of crap you could do during that first six weeks. Yes. You can do your bow parade. You can do the bow exercises. You can uh, do the finger taps, right? You can do the tap, tap on the pinky. You can do the box thing. You can learn how to stand, do the breast position. Right. Play, you know, there's all and this and stuff. You assume that the flashcards, you know, with, yeah, with, with rhythm symbols or whatever, you know. Well, you have to teach the names of all the parts right, of the instrument. Yeah, right. like, you don't know what scroll is. You have to teach that. The older kids just get it. Oh, right. she said that word and that She was pointing to this and Yeah, she yeah, pointed right. to this. So that, that must be that. Must be that. But they don't incidentally learn that at right. three. You oh no! I didn't even talk about parts of the instrument with my five-year-old. We instead yeah. of saying the letter names because yeah. she was barely reading all the letters. Yeah. Right. Um, I we named each one with someone she knew. I was Eric. Mm -hmm. Her sister was Ainsley. Her daddy and Gigi. Right. Or whatever. And so that was perfect. And she remembered it the first oh, lesson yeah. that's that, that we talked about it. Yeah. And, and so there's lots of those things that seem like they're stupid, but. If you're saying closer to the, you know, bridge or to whatever, and right. they don't even know what that is, they're right. not going to move closer right. to that. They're not yeah. going to know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> they're just going to keep doing whatever they're doing yeah. and like, oh. Yeah. And like I told Rob, all these prepositions, you'll say to the top of the bow, but mm -hmm. they don't know top and bottom. So you, you didn't yeah. realize they don't even know that concept. Yeah. So teaching the little kids is really different mm -hmm. because there's so many things that... There's a lot of things that we might call as games that you're teaching a skill. You're just doing it in a fun way that right. is going to motivate right. them. So, so. You, you talk about those prepositions all the time, like a high note, low note. What the hell is that, right? Yeah. Well, they don't know yeah. high and low, right? And when we say, when we go low to, high to, well, we're doing this right now. 
this has nothing to do with high right. or low. They're thinking, right. they, you know, right. and yep. so, but we're talking about oh, yeah, the note. Five, oh, the so now, now this is like a totally abstract concept of them. In, in a we year and a half. <laughs> All I've got, yeah. well, because at first we didn't even do any songs. It was just like bow, yeah. like rhythm things. I was like, okay, we're going to play pepperoni right. pizza. And I tried to be really exaggerated and yes. I would like move yes. her hand yeah. for her. Yes. And, uh, but after we finally got to where we drew, like I wrote out Twinkle Twinkle on a big, thing so i just put like a and then i'd put a number yeah yeah so like and it was orange or red whatever it was was all a string and then blue was all e string and i was like okay which string is is red or right. whatever color it was so and she was like ainsley right. and, and then i was like okay and what's my favorite color she goes blue so blue is eric and so like she totally got it and i used numbers from there and she learned twinkle twinkle every time she saw a letter she would play pepperoni pizza so you just did kind and of so a, she's only learned two songs you just that did, and uh mary had a little you did kind of a, a like almost like a bastard version of tab right there you kind of What's made tab? it like like how guitar players read, oh, read tab, tab right you're doing yes. a different version of tab before yeah. you get to the actual notation yes right because yeah. she loves to color mm -hmm. and so i let her pick out all the colors i was like okay we need two colors mm -hmm. one for ainsley and one for eric she yeah. goes okay and so she would go pick out two right. colors and uh and then that was the only thing i could think of. she knew her numbers and so right. i told her you have one two and three like uh just right. like really spoon feeding everything yeah and uh it's been pretty successful but the thing with teaching the young kids that i didn't know about was all the psychological things oh, so yeah. like why is she cranky today she probably has low blood sugar i didn't yeah. know that was a thing yeah. until i talked to one of my teacher yeah. friends she mm -hmm. teaches middle it's school dinner time. She hasn't had dinner. yes or yeah. she started yeah. school like all day school right. or whatever and yeah. suddenly she's not eating at the normal time so her blood sugar's low i didn't realize that kids get really cranky mm -hmm. yeah. until this this teacher said something she was like oh she probably hadn't eaten anything I yeah. was like, that affects kids. She's like, yeah, <laughs> and she's a mother of three, so yeah, it's like yeah. she totally gets it. Yeah. See, um, that's what that's what I. Didn't those think. are things I didn't yeah. know. That's what I didn't think of too. Is that when you're wanting to go at them at that moment, you don't know what's going on. You think yeah. you know, but you don't know. I mean, they they might get. I mean, they might be getting the crap kicked out of them by their dad or something. Um, I mean, you you never know what's going on. Right. A kid at school is bullying them, or mm -hmm. they're hungry, or yeah. they just uh, or, or they're they, just tired. They're doing. <laughs> Their, their like, teacher, this one burst out into tears because she was tired. Yeah, or their teacher cussed them out. She's like, I'm for... trying! Like, through the tears. I was like, I think I broke her. Right, Because yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to get her to play one, right. literally one note and say one, two, three, four. I was like, go one, two, three, four. And she's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, and, and the but mom was just like, she's exhausted. I was yeah. like, Oh, okay. Like but it I just nothing had no to do idea. With you, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, with you and I was just else. glad that the, the girl yeah. wasn't wasn't yeah. mad at me or anything. Yeah. And I was being as patient as I could. Like, I wasn't being me. I was just like, yeah. okay, something's going on. Right. And it turned out that they had a late night and then she yeah. had to wake up for school. Right. Yeah. And, and she's only five years old. Kids is you've got to have um, visuals with your auditory. If you're only ever yeah. talking and you're not showing, they're mm -hmm. not going to get it. That's why, since I don't know how to teach by ear, I wrote out Twinkle. Yeah. But then, and then she started getting it. Right. But, yeah. I haven't even tried doing anything with that. Yeah, yeah. It's all all on the tapes. Because yeah, sure. I just have high two for the tape. Right, right, right. So Anything we're playing. You're wanting yeah. to learn, you've got to um, show them visually. Don't just sit here. Yeah, don't yeah. just talk. You have yeah. to show them, and mm -hmm. it'll make it like, oh. 
Why did you say so? I didn't know what you meant. Right. That's one thing I was really bad at is I'm just sitting here wah, 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 you know, and they, you know. Oh, kids. If you had to do either one, I'd show and not talk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I just say, do this and then do whatever I want. Yeah. My piano trio recently played for a group called Harmony Project. Have you heard of Harmony Project? Basically, inner city string program. So these kids in the Kansas City inner urban core, I think it's the PC term they like now. Um, these kids don't have string programs and they also don't have the money for all this and right. this program provides everything oh, that's cool. and uh, and they pay really well like it's like 50 bucks an hour and uh, so I, I sub with this group and I'm probably gonna start teaching with them and we played for the younger kids and one of them asked why does she have a second clarinet she and Larkin starts talking and I was like oh god she's gonna lose them in yeah. three seconds and I, even the kid who asked the question he started looking around like yeah, within a minute like, and yeah. I, I was like I was like hey guys I think we need to move on like uh, yeah. these kids they're only seven years old or something yeah. really yeah. young and what's the program called? Harmony Project Kansas that City that sounds awesome it is um, I love that uh, I taught for KCK for ten years oh yeah oh and KCK has awesome string pro- I'm, yeah, I'm doing do. I'm doing musical bridges now um, where I go into, like, I have a couple kids at Sumner, uh, mm-hmm. and then Argentine Middle and uh, Harmon High and yeah. uh, Washington High. I go in during orchestra, take them out for a lesson, oh, and it, it's cool. super discounted for them. Like, I only get $27 an hour or something, which, I mean, and for me, it's not that. It's, I'm in yeah. KCK. Right. Uh, where kids, these kids really want to do it, but they have to audition for it, and they have to have a certain GPA, and... Uh, it's just so rewarding, but um, but that it's KCK really has things yeah. going great. But this is actually through UMKC, uh-huh. UMKC's yeah. academy does musical bridges. Oh, that's cool. so. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's cool, cool. man. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Nice chatting. Cool. Uh, I don't know, man. That was some really good stuff. I let it roll. I don't know. Oh, you I mean, did. I I mean, it's still rolling. I, uh, I might. <laughs> I, might I, th- I thought you turned it off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I thought all that was like good talking. I might just leave it. <laughs> like on the show for real okay I don't know um, that was really good stuff right there I mean that was like well your mom went through all of the stuff that we're trying to do yeah <laughs> as the parent yeah so right but uh it's like will you teach me all these all these games Diana <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna get her back on the show she has one uh, the, she did the first episode oh your mom did yeah so I'm gonna have her back on and have, have her we talk more generally about her family band I want her to come back yeah. on on the show again and talk about all that crap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she just talked about. She got good stuff. I mean, that's all the stuff that, since we we just like go into yeah. it because it's kind of what we have to do to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, we don't learn about all of it. Yeah. <laughs> like the child psychology stuff. Yeah, like that stuff that like. I kind of some kids. I just stare at them. And I'm like, why won't you do this? Because they're tired or like yeah. whatever or they're cranky. Mm-hmm. Like whatever the case, you know. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's been real. All right, dude. That thanks a lot, man. That <laughs> oh, you're fun. welcome. Thanks good, for having good me. Good talk.